Well, ladies and gentlemen, again, better late than ever. I am joined or never, as they say sometimes. You know what? But hey, this is how a film set works. You know, you, you have a call time and everything is supposed to be on time. And then you have <laughs> shit that happens. And, you know, but it's all good. Long, long, as long as, you, long as you get the day done, right, that's right. the uh, most important thing. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm going to get this thing started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a conversation with Floyd Marshall. And I am joined today by filmmaker Sean Mathis. And, I, and I'm really excited to talk to this brother for a couple of reasons. Uh, one being that he's from Philadelphia, and I really no, want to dive no, into that story. No, no, I'm not uh, from Philadelphia. I'm from Connecticut. I moved here from Philadelphia. You moved to moved Atlanta here, from Philadelphia. Okay. Well, we're yeah. we're going to have to. Well, how long were you in Philadelphia? Like six, seven years. Okay. 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 Well, resided in Philadelphia. So let me give you a, a little background on Mr. Mathis. He hails from Waterbury, Connecticut, by way of Philadelphia. And he began his career, uh, filmmaking career, in 2014. But it wasn't until 2015 where he received his first break by being the co-writer and co-producer on the film Take Over Your Trap, starring 2 Chains and Bank Roll Fresh. Uh, mm -hmm. The film went on to premiere at the 2016 SXSW Film Festival, the so same I'm, year. That's, that's what that means. I'm sorry. I, I thought most people know the, the, uh, the acronym, but that's South by Southwest Film Festival. Yeah, South by Southwest, for those who don't know. So I, let me, let me yeah. South by Southwest, for, for those who ain't in the life. And, <laughs> and the same year, he directed, wrote, and produced his first feature film, The Plug, and secured distribution via Amazon Prime. The following year, in 2017, Sean wrote, directed, and produced the award-winning documentary narrated by legendary actor Clifton Powell, Miles and the Life, story of a Black mafia family drug trafficker. It has over 10 million views via Amazon, Tubi, Roku, and YouTube. And most currently, Sean penned the horror film. Now, you're going to have to pronounce this title. I don't want to mess this up. La Patasola. La Patasola. Mm -hmm. Which will be released theatrically. So we we are released. Yeah, it's because released. it was okay. Right. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And you know what? The bio is deep. Welcome to a conversation with where we sit down with some amazing people in the film, media, and entrepreneurial space. We're going to talk about what makes them successful and hopefully we'll give you something to help you maximize your business, but more importantly, to maximize your life. So sit back and enjoy a conversation with, and I'm your host, Floyd Marshall Jr. So since we're getting started a little late because this brother has a class that he has a teacher seven, we're just going to jump right into it. So Sean, welcome to the show. And, and for everyone that's here, how, how did you get your start? Gosh, how did I start? Uh, so, so, so brief story is I was living in Philadelphia. I was writing books. I was on my third book. And when I was writing my third book, I kept seeing the uh, images in my head play out like a movie. And I figured, okay, the universe is saying it's time to switch gears. It's time for you to write film. And I didn't know anything about writing film. And I called a friend of mine, Ben, who lived in Georgia. And I was like, yo, bro, I'm going out to L.A., and he was like, for what? I said, because I'm going to write movies. And he was like, come to Atlanta. And I was like, the hell's going on in Atlanta? Mind you, this is like 2009, 2010, right? Mm -hmm. So he sent me this link about all these films that was being shot in Atlanta. I said, nah, I'm still going to LA because that's where you go. And he told me, like, shit, I would never forget. He said, bruh, he says, LA is the NBA. You need to go somewhere and play college ball first and get drafted to LA. And I came to Atlanta, started playing college ball. Okay, okay. So he was like, "Yo, so you trying to come from jump, jump straight from high school to the NBA? The hell yeah. with the CBA and the DBA <laughs> and all the uh, the D League basketball. You just want to jump. You just want to jump in the, in the water with the big boys." Yeah. And so, so with that, you 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 moved to Atlanta, but before then, you were writing novels, which I found yeah. very interesting. So you started off writing novels. You 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 did pretty well with that. 
Yeah, yeah. You did, you did pretty well with that. Really well with writing novels. Yeah, I did. Okay, so then the one thing that I really wanted to talk to you about, because I listened to an interview uh, earlier that you did, and you were talking about you were on your third book, if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if yep. I'm wrong. You were on your third book and you were coming home from work on the mm -hmm. bus. Mm -hmm. What bus were you on? I was, I was like the scepter. I was going to, I was, I was living on um, 8th and Morris, not too far okay. from high school. Um, I don't remember the bus number. The, okay. I, I don't remember, but yeah, I was, I was on the bus listening to uh, Drake's Successful. Okay. That, song I was listening to and when everything just started flooded into my mind. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so cause I worked for public transportation 29 years. Okay. That's, that's who I drive for. I drive, I drive for SEPTA. So okay. when I heard that I bust out laughing because I said, I wonder if the bus ride had <laughs> anything with him saying, God. you know what? I'm done with this. No, because no. Hey, nah. <laughs> you know, being you know, being a driver for twenty nine years, I've witnessed some things. Yeah, you I know, <laughs> I've, I've I've been to therapy a, a few times. You know, from from things that have you know transpired on public transportation. So when I heard that part, I said, you know what? I said I know that was probably one of the catalysts for this brother saying, you know what the hell with this. But it, it, it's very interesting that a lot of people. Because I, I I did some research on you, and and it, and it struck me that when you told people what you wanted to do, the mm -hmm. amount of people that told you that you couldn't, mm -hmm. and that really struck me because I was watching something Taraj P Henson put up the other night. Well, it was on it was on Instagram, and she talked about the fact that when she left her home, she had about two hundred dollars, seven hundred dollars in her pocket, and mm -hmm. everyone said. Don't do it. Don't do it. So when I was listening to you um, recount that story, when you said, well, I want to write stories. Well, who do you think you are? Who told you you mm -hmm. could do that? It, it always mm -hmm. strikes me how people will put their fears on someone else because they're afraid to take that leap. So, right. so what was your mindset when you tell people and, and not that they're being bad. It's just they just can't see it for themselves. So they can't see for themselves, so they can't see it for you. So what made you say, you know what? I'm not listening to anybody. I know I can do this. I'm, I'm taking that leap. I've never listened to anybody. Okay. <laughs> so, so it's just that like, as, as, long as, as long as I can see it, mm -hmm. then I'm going to do it. And it's like I live every day. I just like I'm just going to just try some shit. If they work, it work. If they don't, it don't. Right. right. Like, what do I really have to lose? So if I can see it in my head, then I'm going to do it. Right. And, you know, plus I have like a, I have an alter ego that lives inside of me that, that, that pushes me when everyone mm -hmm. else know my alter ego is this Compton gangbanger guy inside of me. that be like, you want to listen to the mix? Like, <laughs> you want to do it? So like, so like, like my alter ego challenges me, challenges me to do it. So like mm -hmm. I have this, or this pep talk, you know what I'm saying, in my head. And that's like, all right, bet. I don't fuck it. Let's do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah, because so, as I, you said, what, 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 and, that's, and this is something that I say to people all the time. What is the worst thing that could happen? It might not work. Right. So okay. if it don't work, what you do is you take what worked, you put that aside, and you throw away what didn't work. That's the building block. Right. Everything is not going to work. Even when it works, it's not going to work 100% all the time. But you build on that. And the more that I do this on this side, the more that I see that everybody's not built for this because their mind's not set up to understand that most often you're going to fail. Mm -hmm. But then what happens when you do fail? Do you just say, you know what, I'm packing up, I'm going back home to, to Waterbury, Connecticut, or do I just do or 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 do I just put my put my nose to the grindstone, become that alter ego and say, you know what, fuck it, it didn't work the first time, but you know what? I'ma take what worked, I'ma build on that, and we're gonna do this shit again. Mm -hmm. 
So mm-hmm. is 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 that basically how you think? I mean, yeah, sort of. It's, it's just that, like, it's like I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want to do, right? Period. Whether I have support or if I don't, um, I had a lot of people tell me that I couldn't do it, but then I got I had a lot of people that told me that I could, right? They, uh, I guess, the success of the books because I, okay. I would do that. I said, I'm going to write books. Well, who are you, right? Like, why? Like, that's never going to work. So, you know, I had that same thing. I was like, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm just letting you know, like, what I'm doing right now because you asked, right? Right. So it's like people that ask, like, what do you got going on? Oh, I'm doing this. Otherwise, I'm going to do the hell. I'm going to do whatever I want to do once I say, once I, once I have the thought in my mind, I'm going to make sure that it manifests. And, like, okay. the only person that can stop me is me. Right. So. So, yeah. okay. So you get to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. A lot of money, mm-hmm. but you don't really know what what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Now that was interesting. What when I because my thing was okay. So where does he plan on having this bar? Because every part of Atlanta doesn't have a bar where stars are just randomly walking in. So so. What made you decide that a bar would be your best entry into into the business? Ignorance. <laughs> ignorance. It was pure ignorance. I would I would go out to the twelve hotel bar down in up Atlantic Station and just sit at the bar and drink, talk to folks, whatever. I met this guy that had a bar. He wanted a part. He was looking for a partner. Mm-hmm. I had some money. I was like, yeah, I said, Atlanta's popping. Everybody always go out. So I'm going to have this bar and I'm going to meet people. And I was like, that was my ideology. Okay. It was just, just, just ignorance. Like, that's what I thought. But the, but the crazy thing is, though, in that bar, in walks this 25-year-old, five-foot-two girl named Kulanda Moore that was shooting a film, mm-hmm. wanted to rent the bar. And she walked in with a team of people, 25 mm. years old. And I said, this little girl can do this shit. I can do this shit. And that was what, like, really propelled me to, like, really do what I came here to do. Mm-hmm. Would I have met Kulanda without the bar? Probably not. Mm. I don't like the universe has, has this funny way of taking you on this journey, right? If you say you want something and you're actively doing it, the universe is going to manifest it in a lot and aligns it when it needs to align. And Using that money to partner in that bar, I met Kulanda. And we and her and I partnered up on some things early on in my career. Mm-hmm. So 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 yeah, because I wanted to ask you about that because I'm a big believer, I'm a big believer in manifestation. I'm a big believer in that if you put things out there, because I always say the universe is a drive-through. And if you put in the and if you put your order in, the universe is gonna is gonna deliver. So mm-hmm. if you're if you're saying, Well, I can't, I can't, I can't, the universe is saying, okay. But if you're saying, well, I, I can do this, the universe is like, you, you most certainly can. And the fact that, again, you just said, you know what, the hell with it. I'm going to take this money. I'm going to get this bar because you, 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 you actually put your order in. Mm-hmm. People come into the bar. And I'm going to tell them what I do. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing that happened was you didn't tell anybody what you had to do because they came in and told you what they did. Yeah. But you had put that out there. Yeah. Manifestation is a beast, and it and is. And, it and it yeah, and and you had a you got a bonus you got a bonus out of it because I understand that you met your now companion of ten years, mm-hmm. and so I'm sitting there same same seat. Damn, that, <laughs> I'm like this brother hit the lottery. Not only <laughs> did he become a, a partner in the bar, not only did he find some filmmaking partners, he found a love partner. I, mm-hmm. It don't get no better than that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get any better than that. So let's talk about the fact that you got to Atlanta and it, it, it took you a while to kind of get to get your feet, well, to get acclimated to the filmmaking thing because you said it took you about three years yeah. in, in order yeah. to, to kind of get in there. Yeah, that was because I was dealing with some family issues. Like I was going okay. through a battle with my, uh, my first daughter's mother. Mm-hmm. So I was focusing on that. I was traveling back and forth to Pennsylvania. Um, and so I was dealing with a lot of that stuff. So I was like, because 
I said if I if I lost custody, I was going to move back to Pennsylvania because I wasn't mm -hmm. going to be far from my child. So I really didn't mm -hmm. want to start anything if I if I didn't know for sure if I was going to be here. But I ended up winning custody, and once I got her, it was a wrap. After that, I just hit the ground running. Okay, so you because I I went on your 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 YouTube page, which is which is phenomenal. So now I have to actually set aside a block of time where I can actually just watch all the content because when I went, I was like, shit, that's a lot of content. So I got to sit, I got to sit and actually watch it. But yeah. here's the interesting thing. And, and you talked about this, the fact that you just don't stay in one lane. Yeah. Now, normally people say pick a lane and stick to it because they say, what, what is that? Something about master of none. I can't, the, the phrase escapes He's a master of master none. of none. Yes. That's only the phrase. It's mm -hmm. a jack of all trades, a master of none. But something like a jack of all is still better than a master of one. Right. That's the whole phrase. I'm paraphrasing. I didn't really get it all out. But that's <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So because you were saying you 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 really can't sit still in in one genre. So has that served you? Has that served you well? Yeah, most definitely. Like I like because I can I can write in any genre, right? Mm -hmm. So just just think if 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 someone came to me with a million dollars and wanted to do a horror film, and mm -hmm. I said, I don't, well, I don't I don't do do horror. I missed out on a million dollars, right? So you have like people like Jordan Peele or Martin Scorsese or Quentin Tarantino that stay in that lane. That's cool. It works for them. Right. That doesn't work for me because I'm I'm the Michael Jordan of writing. Michael Jordan can score, rebound, assist, do all that. That's what I do in writing. I write in horror, comedy, drama, whatever. That's what I do. And it served me well because La Patasola is a horror film. Mm -hmm. I was asked to write a horror film. I have never written a horror film. So I wrote one. And that one ended up in theaters. I would have blocked, I would have blocked what I wanted by saying I don't write in that genre. Right. right? Early on, what's your genre? I write in everything. But no, you can't. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, I can. <laughs> like, right? So, right. so it served me very well. So, you know, I do horror. I've got documentaries, web series. Like, I, I do everything. And, and and I think my success is attributed to the versatility in my writing and my directing. Versatility in my writing and directing. So, you know what? You know what? That's interesting because when when, when I was actually writing films, it's been a minute, but... I, I wrote a, a, a love love story dramedy and then I kind of wrote a comedy and then I wrote a short horror film that I sold and then I wrote another film about a young man transitioning. So I, I, I get that. And I'm and the and the more you talked about it, the more I'm thinking <laughs> the thing about this business is they put so many of these so called rules into place. Mm -hmm. telling you that, well, you're not supposed to this and you're not supposed to that. But how do you break new ground if you're only sticking to that one thing? Because, again, I haven't written for a while, but when I was doing my thing and, and, and doing stage plays, I did pretty damn good. And it was mm -hmm. in, different, in different genres. So I, I think that if you just have the mindset that you're going to tell a good story if you're going to if you're telling a good story it doesn't matter because you know what a good story is a good story so you can actually flip a good love story into a horror story because they can yeah. be in love and then she can wake up and do slash and, and do slashes her throat and then puts yeah. her in the oven so your love story just turned into a horror so it's just the, the different 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 scenarios that you could actually use in the same thing. So is that how you teach your students? Because I also understand that you have, you have a writing class that you do. I do. Yeah. I, I teach my students just to be open and to just like write everything. If, if, okay. if you afford it and you can see it, let's put in a word, let's get it done. Like, don't be, don't be limited by it. If you've never done it before, that should be the main reason why you want to do it. Cause that's, mm -hmm. that's how you grow. That's how you get better. You know, that's how you, you can expand your brand. That's how you, you can expand your audience. 
if I just wrote, you know, drama films, I would miss out on people that don't like that. Right. right? My first AD hates documentaries. So she would never see my documentary, but she would see my horror film. Mm -hmm. She was web series because that's her. So I'm trying to hit as many people, get as many eyes on my content as possible. So let's talk about the quality of films. Okay. Because when you were talking about that, and especially with us, because we, you know, we, we black folk on here, so we're going to talk about it. <laughs> As someone who, who has a film festival, I had a major one that I, I just ended after six years, and then I have a virtual film festival. It pains me when I get films from us, uh -huh. and I'm hearing things, and I'm seeing things, and I'm saying to myself, now, I see this, and I hear it. Did you not see or hear this in post? <laughs> did you did you not did you not hear that? Did you and, and you know what's interesting? I've I've been married for a long time, 33 years, and I, I've kind of gotten my wife, you know, looking at, at films as well. And mm -hmm. if you if you do something long enough, you begin to pick things up, even if you're not in the light. Right. If you sit and watch something long enough, you'll pick things up. So sometimes she'll say, Did you see that? Did you hear that? And she has an untrained eye. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting here watching these films. And, and when you were talking in the other interview and you were talking about how anyone can make a film mm -hmm. and call themselves a filmmaker, mm -hmm. the quality of films from, from a lot of us, unfortunately, is lacking. I agree. So... How do how do you because from 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 the from the, the the conversation that you were having, I gathered that that really bothered you because it's like a lack of respect for the craft. Absolutely, absolutely. That's that's exactly what it is. I take take uh, technology has made it possible for people like me, right? Mm -hmm. To say I want to do a film. Cameras are affordable. Equipment is affordable. I live in a city where, you know, that's what we do here. But what I did was what most people don't do is that I, I, I had a respect and a love for the craft first. I didn't want to do it to make money. I didn't want to do it to say, hey, look at me. I'm a director and all, and all the accolades that comes with that stupid shit. That's, that's not why I did it. And a lot of the bad things we see, people, they don't take the time to learn. Like, I knew nothing about filmmaking I knew nothing about directing. I knew nothing about writing. I could write, but I didn't know that 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 screenwriting is different from novel writing. It's, it's yes. that's like training for the hundred meters and then training and then training for the four hundred meters. It's different, right? And you have to do that. So when you don't, because it is a representation of us as a whole. We're the only race that one of us can be will, will be the face for the whole fucking race. So if you see one bad film especially coming out of Atlanta, that's what they do in Atlanta. They're not ready yet. Mm -hmm. So I have a big problem with people that go into any industry and don't respect it enough to learn it and do your best. And I hate when people say, I did it. I know I got problems. But I just wanted to put it out. So you just put out shit. So I, so someone that's watching that will never work with you because you are a representation of what you put out. I tell people all the time, my first four projects, that I financed myself will never see the light of day because something was wrong. Mm -hmm. so you have to have that same respect and love for the craft if you want to do that. So when I see films like that, it hurts my soul. Yeah, because you know what? Again, like like with you, we're we're of like mind with that. It's about respecting the craft because I I never went to film school, right? But that doesn't mean that I couldn't watch YouTube. That doesn't mean that I couldn't read books. Exactly. That doesn't mean that I couldn't listen to podcasts, film courage, you know, the actor's studio, anything and everything that you can get your hands on if you're going to do this, because this is how I look at it. Filmmaking is a business. You're selling a product. Mm -hmm. Why would you expect someone to walk into your store and buy an inferior product? Or like you said, would you go to someone who just walked in off the street and said, hey, I'm a doctor now. I can do that surgery on you. 
you know, right. or, or, or I can examine your child or I can fix your car or I can come in and do work on your home. You wouldn't do that, but you do that with this. And, and it's like you said, it's a blessing and a curse because anyone can say they're a filmmaker. Now that's not to discourage anyone, but it's just to say, take your time and learn it the proper way because you, you were saying that you you, you're, you're still in school. You know, you've taken master classes. You've done all of that. I still and the do. learning never stops. It doesn't. It doesn't. It can't. Like, if you decide to stop learning, you think you know it all. And we'll mm -hmm. never know it all. Because the industry constantly evolves. The equipment constantly evolves. Story constantly evolves. Like, look what HBO is doing with Euphoria. Right? The way... They, they light things in a way we've never seen it before, right? You got to look at something like Squid Game. Is doing So everything is constantly evolving, so you got to constantly learn. So you can't just say, okay, I know enough and I'm good. Like, no. And me being a teacher, having students that literally are putting their careers in my hands, I got to make sure I stay up on it and constantly learn so I can pour into them. So I, don't, I think anyone that's serious in, in doing this, you never stop learning. You should not never stop learning. Yeah, uh, people who don't, who don't, who say, I got this and I know it. Th those people scare me. I mean, and you know what? And you could just take a, you could just take an iPhone. And I just got my iPhone 12 Pro Max, not even a year ago. Mm -hmm. And the 13 Pro is out already. So mm -hmm. if, and that's how fast things move. And in the right. industry, um, the way they use, I can't remember what it was, but the way they used to write scripts is entirely different than the way they do it now. Because I, I can't remember what it is that they do. But as you said, it, it is constantly evolving and changing. And here's the thing, even if it wasn't, as someone who wants to do this for a living, that should mm -hmm. be something that you should want to do because I always take it back to the business standpoint. Right. Businesses invest in themselves so right. that they can become better so that they can grow and if you're not doing that how can you then go to someone and say hey can you give me a check for any amount of money any amount of money yeah and i'm looking at you saying well shit i don't even remember the last time you 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 cracked a book <laughs> <laughs> i mean really so you're basically asking someone to invest in someone standing still. Right. Which, which, which absolutely. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it, 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 I'm sorry. I said, I'm not sorry. I, said, I said it's crazy and it's disrespectful. It is. It, it, it really is. But I want to switch gears a little bit because as I was perusing YouTube, I turned on this video and I see you rapping. And I'm like, now, wait a minute. I'm like, wait a minute. I said, I thought this brother did novels and films. And then I see him showing Matt this bitch. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, where did that come from? I said, okay. I said, so we got a triple threat. I said, the brother writes. He writes films and he raps. So, sir, you, you, have, you have to tell me about that. How did that happen? So, I've been rapping since I was 14. Oh, wow. I was placed in a foster home, and the foster home that I was in, this guy Quincy, who I think was 17 at the time, and he had his rap group called the Wolfpack, and they were like local celebrities in Waterbury when I was coming up. And my man Wes, who was in the room, he was a part of that group. There was a lot of us, and I was like the youngest one in there, they didn't know me, you know, just this kid that's been, you know, placed in foster care. So to hang out with them and to get their, like, acceptance, I taught myself how to, how to rap. I've always been a writer. Mm -hmm. So I had to teach myself how to rap. And we had some success. Like, you know, you know, we opened up for, like, Talib Kweli back in 2003. My boy Wes and Mook signed the Koch Records back in 2006. And so now it's, like, now it's doing for fun. So the videos that you see on my YouTube... Me and my former business partner, Justin, we have bought a new camera. 
And we said, before we take on clients, we got to figure it out, know how to use it, what can we do with it? So it was like, all right, let's just do an EP and just shoot all the videos for it. And that's what we did. And that's how that came about. Okay. So I just, I wrapped the play. Okay. Well, you know what, but, but if, if you look at it, that's also a part of the learning and the training process because you, you're, you're learning different ways to write because yep. of writing, writing lyrics is hard. Yeah. That's, that's extremely hard. I, I listen to some lyrics and I'm saying, I, I, like, I, I lay like a pavement. I'm like, well, how the hell did they come up with something like that? So it, it's, it's, oh, I lie like a rug. I mean, you know, uh, somebody had, had, a, had a line in the song. I'm like, damn, that shit's so deep, it's crazy. But it basically stretches your mind. Mm -hmm. So however you get to where you're going, anything and everything will help you to that destination. But the thing is, you got to do it. You know, yeah. even, even doing the music video, that's because I saw the one you guys were, I, I think it was in like a utility closet. That was my shit. Which one which was that one? Um, it's not a utility closet. It's the, uh, when you, when you be in the back with the dishes. You were in the kitchen. You were in the kitchen. Okay, I was in my car <laughs> on my phone, so I shouldn't even been watching it while I was driving. But Yeah, uh, Mad Mad. Yeah. Okay, but see that that's that's teaching you a, a, just a different way to shoot a story. Yeah. With with movement and, and you know the different lighting. And then the other one when you guys it was it was kind of dark. It, you know that's just teaching you different lighting techniques. Yeah. So it you it's everything you can actually learn something from. But really quick, is is that is that your young lady friend? No, no, that's my first AD. Oh, okay. I thought that was a. Uh, Nah. You're, 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 you're better half. Okay, so let's talk about your horror film that is now, and congratulations on that, that is now in theaters. So, so let, let's talk about the process and the journey of how all of that came about. Oh, that's going to be real short. <laughs> so um, so I'm, I'm, at, I'm at my computer one day, I get a phone call, it's my man AJ, who um, directed the film, and he says, hey man, I got this idea for this horror film, I need some help writing it. And I was like, all right, where are you at? He says, I'm at the studio. I said, okay, I'm on my way. And I I get to Nova House. He, you know, lays out the idea and what he wants it to look like. And then we talked about the story we wanted to tell, how we wanted the characters to sound, how not to fall into the traditional horror film tropes, how to make sure that the Black characters sound authentic. And once we did the uh, blueprint for what we were going to do, I wrote it. So it took us about, I don't know, five or six days. Wrote the film. He took it to uh, Florida, him and his, um, him and his now wife. They took okay. it to Florida. They shot it in 21 days. Uh, wow. A year later, Vertical picks it up and boom, theaters. I had no wow. idea. I had no idea where it was going to go. But AJ's a friend of mine. We had done some work together. So I was, I was just showing up and he, he asked, uh, he asked for help. Let's write the script. I, I, I had no idea it was going to do what it did. Wow. 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 <laughs> wow. Hey, everybody. It's Floyd Marshall, host of A Conversation With. Have you ever listened to a podcast and said to yourself, I'd like to ask him a question? Well, you can. Just message me with a question or a comment, and I'll make sure to respond to it in the very next episode. To your success. Visit anchor.com to send Floyd a question. Yeah, that was short. Yeah. Wow. Short. Like, you know, and that's the thing, like, you know, we're going back to earlier, you know, writing in different genres, right? Mm -hmm. I would I would have had my first film in theaters had I said, "Nah, I don't write horror," mm -hmm. right? So, so certain things you have to just say, "Fuck it, let's do it," right? Because you, this industry, what's going to hit? It's the same with music. Rappers put out, you know, nineteen songs because you don't know which one of those songs is going to hit. That's a that, that's a complete album. So I don't know what what in my portfolio is going to hit, right? Whatever do, I'm going to write it to where it'll, it'll have some type of success, right? And that's what happens.
So the training, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to the training because in order for something like that to happen in the, the, the time frame that it did, your training really showed through. All of, all of the, the master classes that you took and everything that you did kind of landed you right here because you said you don't believe in luck. You know, you know, you, you believe in you, you're, you're fortunate. Well, what, what did they say? Luck is something meeting opportunity. Something meaning I'm 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 really messed up with the uh with 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 the uh with the sayings tonight, but preparation, preparation, the fact that you took this seriously and you've been preparing yourself. So and, and that should be a lesson to everyone that's actually listening in right now. If you consistently and constantly work, if you consistently and constantly train. And, and read and do things, when someone calls you up and says, hey, write this, the following year, it could be in the, in, in the theater simply because your training enabled you to write something that an investor or uh, uh, something like an AM, uh, uh, a, a, a movie production company would then say, hey, you know what? We can rock out with this. Mm-hmm. So many people want the quick fix. Yeah. Thinking that, and, and we're going to go back to the, to the, to the bad stuff. If, if I just throw something out there, somebody will notice it. Yes, they will, but not in a way you like. Right. 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 <laughs> Definitely not in a, in, a, in a way you like. So now what, what else, what else is, is in store for you? Because uh, when we were on um, clubhouse, a few days ago, you were talking about the fact that basically everything that you've done, you financed it. But now with how this particular film has gone, you're getting calls and you're getting inquiries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm entertaining them. I'm listening to them. You know, because there are films that I want to do that require, you know, bigger budgets mm-hmm. or, or or different type of star power. And, like, that's my next transition. I want to be able to be able to, like, use the actors that rocked with me in the beginning by putting them beside known actors. So um, so I'm, I'm entertaining the thoughts. I'm just, I'm just entertaining it right now. I haven't, haven't made any any official choices on if I will take it. If I would take anyone else's money or not, I'm real nervous about that. You know, like I want, I want to fuck up nobody's money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would rather do mine, but it's it's humbling to to like get those phone calls. Mm-hmm. You know? so yeah, we'll just see what happens. I'm gonna continue to listen and weigh options or whatever deal sounds right to me. Then that's the one I would take. And if none of them sound right, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. And, well, and let me and let me ask you something else about that. Does it does it also kind of go into the fact that with you using your money, mm-hmm. you have 100% say and you have total control and you have total freedom? Correct. Because when you start having other people's money, then other people have opinions. Right. Right. You know, uh, working a nine to five, you know, I've always... You know, you have that, like, right? You have a boss that's over you. I might be the store manager or the branch manager of this, but I have someone over me. So I can kind of deal with that easy, but I just don't want my creativity to be stifled by someone's money or their lack of creativity or their lack of understanding of how this industry goes. And not mm-hmm. saying that's like the, the thing with, with all investors, no, but it does sometimes come along with it. And okay. I like to do what I want when I want like the way I the way I want to do it. Right. Right. So one of the things that we don't do or we try not to do is I don't I try not to spend more than 10 hours on set. Industry standard is 12, sometimes mm. more. I don't want to do that shit. So I don't want an investor saying we need extra days. You need more money because you're not shooting long enough. Right. Fuck out of here. Right? I want to do what I want the way I want to do it. I've had success doing it the 
this way. So we use other people's money. It just, it just comes with other things that I'm not sure that I want to deal with. Mm. Okay. So let's talk about gatekeepers. Okay. Because that's one of my, the things that I always talk about. And I really, we were talking with the young man in the room the other day about him not wanting to um, sell his script. Sell his script, yeah. And, and, and I get that. I'm, I'm going to go off on a, a slight tangent. And, and I get the fact that, and, and then we'll come back to the gatekeeping. But I, I, with you having a screenwriting class and, you know, teaching young people how to write scripts or anyone for that fact. All ages. All ages. All ages. Do you guys ever have that conversation of not being so married to your work that Every you're not willing to let it go? <laughs> You'll ask me because I have, I have one of my writers here right now, too. Yeah, every, every week, I always tell people, your script is not your baby. Mm -hmm. Your script is your friends with benefits. You have fun with it, go on to the next one, right? Mm -hmm. You don't know how many people I see lose, walk out on deals, like the young brother <coughs> from Clubhouse, because they're so married to the script. People that are married to the script are one-hit wonders. Mm -hmm. I don't teach one-hit wonders. My, my, my writers have to write a script twice a year, right? Like, so it was like, you, you, have, you, have, you have other stuff in the arsenal. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, we, it's, I mention it every week. Mm. Every, I want them to get that in their heads. Like, don't be married to this shit. Like, okay. you, have, you haven't even written your best work yet. You know what I'm saying? And you're holding on to this. And that's going to stifle you because a lot of writers won't write anything else until they sell something. Right. Not our best work yet. So write this shit, do it, let it do what it do, and move on to the next thing. Well, I hope I've just given you validation because they heard it from somebody else. And, <laughs> and, that, and that's the truth because often, well, no, no, no. And then, like I asked them, so, so you mean to tell me if somebody came to you and offered you a, a, a certain amount of money, you're going to be like, well, no, because this is my baby. No. And, and it goes back to this is a business. It's called show business. It's, you know, and it's a reason the word business is bigger than the word show. Right. And, like and, and, my, and, and, and it just amazes me that so many people get stuck on I'm a creative Yes, mm -hmm. you are. But again, if this is something that you want to do, then mm -hmm. you need to begin to think of it in terms of a business, like a business, you know, and that's, that's one of the reasons I tell filmmakers that I coach, you need to look at entities outside of the film industry, successful entities outside of the film industry and see how they run their businesses. Mm -hmm. Because as I say all the time, success leaves clues. Doesn't matter what business you're in, success leaves clues. So yeah. if you want to do something successful, watch what successful people do. And sometimes successful people sell their companies and make a yeah. shitload of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you know. know, I mean, the yeah. platform that we're on right now, someone else owned it before Mark Zuckerberg purchased it. Exactly. Exactly. You're, you're absolutely right. And I, I like what you said about watching how other industries run their business. Before all of this, I was a store manager for um, Finish Line, you know, mm. a bigger store. And what I liked about Finish Line is, yeah, we had managers, but it was really up to me. I had to communicate with the buyers or my DM to say, this is what this market wears. This is what this market, or this color is hot. They allowed me to run the business, right? How to manage my staff, how to, how to talk to people, my hiring product. They let me do all of that. So I really took that running my, my business and brought it over to running my production company. Cause it's almost identical. The practices and the policy, the practices and procedures are almost the same. You got to hire the right people. You got to train the right people. You got to make sure your quality is there. You got to make sure you're doing things that your customer or audience wants. You have to keep up on trends, right? You have to do things that's different. All those things I learned somewhere else. 
that that is bought over. So people that want to be filmmakers or want to be, you know, want to have a production company or make a living from this, you should be watching what your nine to five is doing because they're successful for a reason. Mm-hmm. You can apply those practices to what you do. You tailor it to your industry, but a lot of it is the same. It's exactly the same. And I remember I put up a post on Facebook and I put up Kenya Barris's show that he had on, uh, I think it was uh, HBO. And I put up a box of uh, Frosted Flakes. And I said, there's absolutely no difference between the two. And people lost their minds. And, and they're like, well, yes, it is. It's a big difference. I said, no, it's not. I said, because they're both products. That's it. And they're targeting consumers. And filmmakers, in my humble opinion, when they start to really, again, back to business, see, your, see themselves as a business entity and see the people that are going into theaters as consumers, because think about this. How many times have you sat in a theater and you've seen a trailer for something that's not coming out until next year? They are basically getting the consumer ready to Mm -hmm. consume or purchase a new product. Right. Which is your film. Right. Because anytime money is exchanging hands, a transaction is taking place. That's business. I don't care if you're selling sneakers or if you're saying, I want to see Titanic at 430 and, and the IMAX. Mm-hmm. That's business. That's so, right. so, so is, is that something along with the screenwriting that you teach your students, the business aspect of this? We get into parts of the business aspect. Mm-hmm. We try to focus on writing. Right. Um, a lot of my writers do have like one-on-one sessions with me to where we do get into things like that. Um, but we kind of like keep the, keep the class writing. Okay. Okay. But I, might, I might, someone says something or something happens in the world. I might bring the business part of it up, but I always like want them to keep that in their minds. But one of the things that we also do is that we also come as, come as a collective a few times a year and we pull our own money to shoot a film that we write together. Okay. Teach them business practices and you know how to cast and how to take your script from 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 script to screen. So once okay. we do guys, we do get into like the business of it more and the business of production. Okay. Okay. So have you guys? How long? How long have you had your um screenwriting class? I've had this screenwriting class going on four years, and I was with one before that for two years. So okay. I'm a teacher total. Okay. So do you just teach screenwriting or do you um, do you ever say, okay, we're going to take one of your scripts and we're going to actually turn them into a film? Have you guys, have you done that yet? Or you just, we have, stre- okay. We'll, we'll either write as a collective and turn that into a film or uh, last Sunday, one of my writers, Imani, wrote, uh, wrote, wrote a true story. We went out and shot the trailer for it. Cameron that's working on Black Rage, we shot that trailer for it. So yeah, we'll, we'll like pull a, you know, pull a script out that we either like or is economically feasible and we'll go out and do it. Okay. Okay. So then I want to go back to gatekeepers because you talked about gatekeepers and wanting to level the playing field, something mm-hmm. that we both know that that's, <laughs> <laughs> well, we both know how that, how, yeah. So with that, I talk about, and a lot of us on Clubhouse talk about building our own tables building our own tables. And the thing that I like about what you're doing, you know, having your production company and employing people of color is you're not sitting around. See, there, there, for me, there are two types of people, people that complain about something and then people that do something about something. And you mm-hmm. fall into the camp of the fuck it. I'm going to do something as opposed to complaining about it. And oftentimes the way a gate is open is they have to actually see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. They have to actually say, well, you know what? It's, it's worth us opening this gate because Sean over here killing it. You know, his, his shit is on fire. So what would you say to someone that is looking to break into this industry and they keep running into that closed gate? What would you say to someone Keep running into it until you break it down. 
or find another way in. That's it. Like you have to be persistent in what we're doing, right? Uh, there's there's plenty of stuff that I ran into starting out, right? I kept running into the gate until I made a hole or made an opening or found another way in. Like I wasn't going to wait for someone to open it for me. I was going to get in because I wanted to get in. So you have to you have to stay the course. You have to be confident in what you're doing, confident in your why you're doing what you're doing. Your why has to be, what's the word I'm looking for? Your why has to be selfless, right? And with that, you keep going. You have to keep going. Because if you're not, if, if you're going to stop the third or fourth time, like, you're never going to get in. That's why fraternities pledge. That's why the Masons, you knock three times. You have to keep going to show that this is what I like this is where I need to be. This is what I want. Because no one's going no one wants a quitter. Like no one wants a quitter. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're gonna quit, I don't I don't I don't care if it's a hundred times. Do you want it? Do you want it more than you want to or as much as you want to breathe? And you keep freaking going. But the minute you quit, I'm done with you. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna watch somebody run into the gate a hundred times and quit, right? Now I'm in a position to give them what they want a year or two later. I'm not calling you. I'm mm-hmm. calling them still banging their heads. So with that, it's like you talked about building your table, building your own table. I build my own table, but I sit with others. Mm-hmm. I bring my table to other people's tables. So I have a production company, right? But I also partner with other production companies so we can do bigger things and better things and more things and we expand our network here. And a lot of us, we employ the same people. Same actors, same AD, same sound people, because my table joined your table, but we like what we cooking. Or one day, you want Chinese one day, well, I, I got it, let's do it. So I, I like the mentality of building your own table, that's cool, but don't build it so you isolate yourself from collaboration. Because filmmaking is a collaborative industry. You cannot do it by yourself. Even with your own table, you can't do it. Because I don't want to eat Chinese food every day. Right. Right? I want Italian. I want steak. I want something else. So I'm going to go and bring my table. How can how can we, you know, bring, bring, bring our tables together? Instead of eating, now let's feast. Yeah. Right? So that's really on it. And that's but beautiful don't because... But don't isolate yourself. You know what? And that's beautiful. The fact that you said selfless and, and, and the analogy of building your own table, but then bringing tables together because mm-hmm. sometimes you'll be at a restaurant and a big party will come in and you'll see the servers grab tables from different parts of the restaurant and put them all together mm-hmm. and make one big. Now, although that's, that's some, that's some shit right there. Those <laughs> smaller tables become a bigger table. Exactly. And you got all these people sitting at what was a, something that could only seat four now seats 12. Yo, right. that's some shit right there, man. That you know what? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to tweet that because that was a word right there, man. <laughs> that, but you know what? That is so true. Mm-hmm. And 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 sometimes when when you talk about building tables, people misconstrue that you build your own and then you sit at it by yourself. No, you you build your own table so you can deal from a position of strength. Mm-hmm. But you also build your own table, letting them know that, hey, I'm capable of sitting at yours as well. Because look, right. at, I, I, I built this with some 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 f- f- phenomenal people. We did this. So now they're like, well, shit, I think we need to have Sean and Floyd come over to our table because you know what? Your table makes their table better. Exactly. Because you got some at your table that they ain't got. Exactly. Like you said, you may have the, the fried dumplings. And you know they may have the 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 the, the Chinese spare ribs, but shit, they want fried dumplings. Mm-hmm. But the fried dumplings ain't they ain't at your table. They're they're at mine. Mm-hmm. But really quickly, because I know you got to get ready to teach your class. <laughs> the word selfless, because you talked about the fact that if someone, and Stella Eller talked about this, that if you're coming to this business to be rich or famous, then this is the wrong line of work. It is, 100%. 100%. It comes back to the love of the industry first. 
you have to love it because especially doing the way we're doing it independently. It's a lot of long nights. Yes. A lot of money, especially if you sell finance. I got to do some. A lot of money. <laughs> I never got into it because I said, I want to be famous. I hate the attention. I don't like doing interviews. I don't like the spotlight on me. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it for that. I just want to tell dope-ass fucking stories. That's my why. So my attention is selfless, right? I want to tell dope-ass stories. And then I want to teach other people to do it too, right? So, so yeah, if, 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 if you want to be famous, go rap or go sing or, or be an athlete, you know, because a lot of us won't see that Tyler Perry status or that Jordan Peele status. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you, you can't get into this saying, I want to be rich and famous because you're going to end up broken, disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. And you also yeah, have to. I'm sorry. Repeat that. I said you like you have to be doing it for the right reasons. When I started rapping, and I see my boy GQ the Headhunter just joined, he's he he's the one I, that I looked at when I wanted to like learn rapping. I didn't get in it because I wanted to be famous. I didn't get in it because I wanted money. I got in it so I could hang out with my friends. Mm -hmm. But in order to learn how to do it well, I had to love and respect the art form, and it all goes back to that: love and respect the art form. I had I had to do that. I never once said, oh, I'm going to start writing scripts because I want to be famous. No. The universe said, write this script. And I listened. And that's why I did it. And then and just what happened, like, this is the end result. Mm -hmm. But if no one talked to me tomorrow, if no one watched another film, and I still wanted to make films, guess what I'm going to do, Floyd? I'm going to make films. Because mm -hmm. I'm not in it for all the other stuff. So, yeah. And, and, and you know what? That's beautiful. And, and, and it's absolutely right. Because I'll take myself, for instance, I came to this late. I was 38. I'm 55 now. So it's been a couple of years. And I was I was talking to some 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 screenwriters. And I told them, you, you really have to love this just to love it, because it can't be about money, because there are a lot of sleepless nights, like you said, a lot of long <laughs> nights a lot of maxed out credit cards, some of which I am still paying off. <laughs> and you, you really, you, you know, when you love this, when you say, I'm going to walk away from it and you wake up the next day and you're like, all right, let's get to work. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I've told when I was writing again, when I was writing and someone was like, well, you, you, you're still doing this and you know, you must be rolling in the money. I said, it took me 10 years to 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 really I, I sold a script someone actually hired me to to turn their 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 book into a script and that was the first time i made a substantial amount of money mm. i said it took me 10 years mm. i said it took me 10 years you know now not saying that i wasn't making any money because i was acting i had an agent so i was you know booking booking things but a substantial amount of money i said it took me 10 years so if you're coming at this from a standpoint well i'm, I'm in this to get paid Find something else. And here's the thing. People who come into this for the wrong reasons quickly learn that it's, it's not going to work because you have too many talented people such as yourself who take this seriously, who train and do the right thing. So if you're just basing you getting on by your looks or whatever, and then you're running up against someone who does everything the right way, that just pushes you back down to the bottom. Mm -hmm. Because if, if I'm an investor, all right, we got, we got, we got a couple of people in here. If, if there are any actors, filmmakers, whatever, I want y'all to hear what I'm about to say. If I am an investor and I have a choice between someone that I see doing the work, has a body of work, has a proven track record and does what they're supposed to do in this business and helps others and then there's you with absolutely nothing. Who do you think I'm going to write that check out to? Absolutely. Right. Right. I, See, now we back to business. Right. And I, I had the same approach in my writer's room. Because I have so many writers that, you know, that I, I need to help and pour into. So I tell people that I say, hey, I want to join your class. The one thing I tell these writers is come with the log line. It's the most basic thing. And what I'm looking for is, if you don't know what it is, did you ask me or did you Google it? 
that you find a way to come to my class with a log line. And when you don't, all hell breaks loose day one. Mm -hmm. It's the worst day for you because I have to take time away from people that are doing the work and give it to someone that says they want to do it and they don't do it. Mm -hmm. So same thing with investing. I see someone already over here that's doing everything. Why would I, why would I invest in you? And I do that to these writers to see if you're going to come back next week with the log line or not. Mm -hmm. If you don't come back, well, I saved me and my writers a whole lot of time. You know, and, and use some time as well because time is too short. Time is the, the only commodity that you can never recoup. So I'm saving you time because guess what? I'm just shedding, shining a light on maybe this isn't for you. And maybe that situation showed you because you had to do a little work that, you know what, this, this, this ain't for me. And that's fine. That is fine. I'm going to help you realize that this ain't for you. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. It ain't for everybody. But we got everybody. we got a couple more minutes. I need to ask you about this sex therapist movie. Because that log line was was phenomenal. What the worst sex therapist you'll ever need. Dr. Knockboots. <laughs> We're going to close with Dr. Knockboots. <laughs> I heard that. Now, that is a log line. Oh, that right there would make you want to see the film, if for nothing oh, else, the worst sex therapist you will ever need. I'm like, now, who the hell is this? Yeah, that's Dr. Knockboots. Man, I, that was like one of my first, first, first projects. I'm heavily influenced by music, right? So I'm listening to Nas's I Am album, and he has a song called Dr. Knockboots. He's like a hood-like sex therapist, whatever, like that, whatever. So I was like, I could take like a hood sex therapist, mix it with an asshole like, like the guy from House, and make this comedy series. And yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's, yeah. That's, that's dope. How the hell did you come up with that log line? I mean, it's just, you know, come up with a log line is easy. It's character conflict one. That's it. Once I figure out what, what that is, now how do I write it to make it seem like, like someone, when they hear it, they want to watch it. It's mm. like this. I write three log lines a day. Oh, like, wow. Like, I write three log lines a day. I write a script a week. I write probably 60 hours a week, and I watch another 40 hours of TV. I don't go to bed before 4, 4 a.m. I'm mm. back up. Right? So it's practice. It's, it's, it's continuous practice is every day so now uh i have one of my actors here ali she was telling us about her, about her short film and i just like spit out a log line after what she told me because like I, I prepared myself to be able to do that i put in the work to be able to do that so yeah that's that's how i came up with it wow you gotta someone sell it. said <laughs> someone said i want to know how much one needs in the budget to have a poster that mass that massive <laughs> in the Buckhead Theater. So, <laughs> so probably, like, yeah. <laughs> and they also said you need a log line writing course. So, hey, you know, that's that's another, you know, fill a need. Fill a yeah, need. So like, in the writing class, like, the first 15 minutes, we should not start until you write a, wrote a new log line. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, well, beautiful. Well, Sean, <laughs> right, I... <laughs> This is this has been phenomenal. We we got we got started a little late, got the wires mixed up, but that's okay. As I said, better late than never. But where can people find you? You find me on Instagram. I'm at filmmaker Sean Mathis. If you're looking for my work, you go to Amazon or on Tubi, Roku, BET Plus, and theaters, and YouTube. You can look up um, either Sean Mathis or you can look up uh, Laconic Productions or NC Hero Productions. Beautiful. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you're an actor or whatever it is that you do, I highly recommend taking the writing class. And here's why. I'm going back to that thing of business. You should learn every aspect of this business, even if you never, ever, ever write a script. I haven't written a script in eight years, but I still read everything I can as far as script writing is concerned because I need to know about the business. Uh -huh. You see what I'm saying? If you're an actress, actor, you need to know about lighting, cinematography, all of that. So 
I would highly recommend you take the class to give you an idea of how a script is put together and mm -hmm. how a script is written, how, how a story, you know, storyboarding, all of that. You, you definitely, you definitely, definitely, definitely need to do that. But Mr. Mathis, my friend, I thank you so much for coming on the show. It, it's been an honor my talking pleasure. with you. We definitely have to uh, have you back. And again, ladies and gentlemen, please follow this brother because he is doing some absolutely amazing things. The name of your La Pasta Sola. La, La Pasta Sola. La Pasta Sola. Yeah. Go, go to the movie theaters and see it because if we're talking about gatekeeping and building tables, one of the ways that you do that is you support black cinema. You got to mm -hmm. support black cinema. That is one of the ways that you definitely help build tables. And if you can't, if you can't go, go to the theaters, we are on Prime, Redbox, Microsoft, Apple TV Plus, Comcast Cable, Frontier Cable, Xfinity Cable. We're literally everywhere. Oh, so wow. Okay. Go ahead and stream it. So I got Apple TV and I got Prime, so I can watch it. Okay, well, you know what? I, I, got, I got a movie to watch this weekend, and I definitely will with the lights on, because that's <laughs> how I do horror. <laughs> with the, I'm just playing. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm a man. You know, <laughs> that's in my Compton voice. I'm a man. I can turn, yeah. you know, you know, I'll, I'll just leave the kitchen light on. But again, Sean, <laughs> thank you, my brother. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for um, hanging out with us and, and hanging in there with me. Sorry about it's that. Been, it's been an honor having each and every one of you join us tonight. And I'll just leave you with this. Love it like a hobby. Treat it like a business. Ladies and go. gentlemen. Have an absolutely phenomenal night. Show on my brother again. Thank you. Thank you, Floyd. All right now. Have a good Bye. night, everyone. Peace.